Welcome back to the Arizona Wildlife Federation podcast. My name is Michael and I am your host. And today we are going to be talking all about one of my favorite activities, and that is bear hunting, uh, specifically bear hunting here in Arizona. Uh, we're going to be joined by a returning guest, Josh Kushner, a.k.a. the Dialed In Hunter. If you hunt in Arizona, I'm betting you already know who this fella is, but uh, yeah, he, he, he's a great guest, somebody I consider a friend, and, and he's just putting the right message out there consistently. So very happy to have him back, and I'm very happy to be talking about bear hunting because I am juiced up for the upcoming October bear season. In fact, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. I didn't hunt early archery because I've got a I've got a rifle coos deer tag I'm hoping to take advantage of, and I, I missed out on some some early earlier season bear opportunities. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to have everything done and wrapped up around here by October 6th when that general bear hunt starts. And a lot of people who are not in hunting circles might not get it. They might not get the idea of going out hunting for a bear. I mean, these are charismatic, majestic animals that that people tend to relate to for, for various reasons. But they are also a magnificent wild game animal. They live in some of the wildest country in our state. They are certainly um, a, a worthy, worthy and challenging animal to pursue. And I will tell you, they would provide you or your family some of the most delicious meat that you can go out in the woods and get. So if you have thought about bear hunting and, you know, maybe it just seems a little too far out for you, I would, I would, I would ask you to think again. Uh, it's not, it, it's, it's, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. Um, it takes some effort. You can't go out there and just get up on a on a knob and glass them up as easy as you can deer. But they're in the woods, and the more you learn about them, the more you're going to see them, and the more opportunities you're going to get. And that's not going to happen by sitting at home just thinking about it or thinking it's too hard. So I recommend, I recommend listening to this podcast. Uh, Josh is an excellent bear hunter, and he's got a lot of good information, a lot of good tips for you. So I would recommend listening to this podcast get yourself excited go get yourself a bear tag and get out in the woods and chase some of these amazing animals around even if you are unsuccessful you're going to see some amazing country and you're going to have a great time so before we get going with that let's quickly talk about a couple of events coming up um i should mention we got squirrel camp coming up that's going to be september 28th no, no. September 29, September 30, and October 1st. Unfortunately, though, that camp has filled up. So if you missed it this year, um, I am sorry. And uh, I would like to see you there. So make sure uh, when this opportunity arises next year to uh, to get registered real quick. Because it is a fun, fun event, and I'd love to have you there. Okay. Um, Arizona Elk Society has a Wild in the City event. Let's see. That is coming up October 7th. Uh, registration 8 a.m. activities 9 to 4 this is a great event for for folks who maybe live in the city and have a harder time getting out in the backcountry but they want to they want their children to have these experiences and have learn, learn skills that are necessary to have the confidence to go out and enjoy all of our ample and fantastic public lands we have here in Arizona so this is going to be 
at the Ben Avery Shooting Range um, at the Arizona Game and Fish Department headquarters in North Phoenix. I will have a link in the show notes for more information. So yeah, I very much recommend you get your kiddo signed up and go down and enjoy that event. Then, if you are a member of Southern Arizona Quail Forever, they have a scaled quail count coming up on October 19th. Now, if you are not a Southern Arizona uh, Quail Forever member uh, and you'd like to do this, well, maybe it is about time you signed up. Uh, It's a great time to get your dog out there and uh, get him warmed up for hunting season and contribute, you know, some of your time, some of your skills, and your dog to conservation. So, uh, that's for members, but if you're not a member, go get joined up. Go, uh, go help count some scaled quail and get polished up for the upcoming quail season. All right, that's all I got for you right now. Enjoy this episode of the Arizona Wildlife Federation podcast with Josh Kushner, all about hunting bears in Arizona. All right, welcome, Josh. Hey, what's going on, man? It's good to have you back, dude. Yeah, no, th- this was a no-brainer. Asked me to come. You don't have to twist my arm to talk about bear hunting, dude. No, I'm feeling it too. It's almost that time. <laughs> did, did you hunt at all during the August seasons? No, I didn't. Um, it, it it was bittersweet for me. I loved that season so much, but I had I had some other tags, yeah. uh, some mule deer tags, yeah. and I was out hunting. So yeah, I cut cut firewood the whole time. I'm still don't have enough to get through the winter. That sounds but, yeah, I'm like putting all my eggs in the October basket, but. Um, all right. For those folks listening, uh, we're here with Josh Kirshner and, uh, Josh has been on, on our podcast before we did a backpack hunting episode a while back. Um, and, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Of course I had a lot of opinions in that one. But I'll, <laughs> I'll try to keep my opinions to myself on this one. Cause I'm not the experienced bear hunter you are. Um, but anyway, for the folks that haven't heard you before, haven't listened to that episode, and I can't imagine there's many hunters in Arizona that don't know who you are. Now, Josh is a bit of a, I don't know, what do you call yourself? You're a, you're a hunting media guy. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, tell folks about yourself if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of stuff you do. Yeah. So I, um, I work under like the, the best way to describe it is I work under the umbrella of hunting media. So I just do a bunch mm-hmm. of different things. Like I write, I write articles, I, I provide video and photo assets to brands and stuff. And then I have my own brand dialed in Hunter that I, uh, put a lot of content out through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's me. That's me in a nutshell, what I do. This is what, that's what I do for a living. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, man, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to watch you grow in that role too. You've always been a great writer, oh, um, but your, your videos have just gotten better and better and better. And I got to say, man, you as a hunter have gotten better oh. and better and better. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal, right? Like right? this is like a progression. Like you want to, uh, the, the hard thing about hunting is that as opposed to like, say you want to like get good at golf or mm-hmm. something like that. You can just go golf, right? Right. You can just go like go and do that and practice incessantly at it. Mm-hmm. But with hunting, like you never know the hand that you're going to be dealt in the field. So getting to practice these like very, um, particular skills, uh, it, it, it's not something that you can just choose to do. Man. Yeah. So like you think you have it all done. I mean, this past mule deer season, dude, I just got done telling you, like I, I, I am digesting a healthy load of <laughs> humble pie right now. I consider like, I pride myself on my shooting with my bow. Mm-hmm. Like I practice a lot. And this past season in Utah and Colorado, I was put into situations that I haven't been put in before. 
So it felt like, so you, that there's that saying, act like you've been there. I'd never been there. Yeah. So like, so, so it was bittersweet. Like I, I met, I mean, long story short, I missed three bucks, you know? And, um, while that stings a lot going through that made me a better bow hunter. Mm -hmm. Like I, those lessons that I got from that, the only way to get those lessons is to fail. Right. You know, and that's the thing that takes so long with hunting and particularly bear hunting. What we're going to talk about today in Arizona, like find just finding black bears in Arizona right. is a, is a mountain to climb. Yeah. Right. So getting those experiences, interacting with them, Oh man, it's few and far between. So it's really hard to get good at it. <laughs> no, I, I hear you loud and clear. Um, and I, I, I have the same stroke. You get to hunt more than me. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, I, I, I go every chance I get, but of course, you know, I don't just hunt. I also like to fish. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that really, you know, mm -hmm. eats up a lot of time too. Uh, but what, what I kick myself for is, you know, I have a young family and, and mm -hmm. a new home and life is busy. And I was just whining to you about this before we hit record. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, it's tough, you know, to get out there all the time and always be getting yourself in those situations, um, that you're learning from, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I could be out scouting elk right now. Mm -hmm. I could call elk in the off season. Um, but I don't always get out and do that stuff if I don't have yeah. a tag in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I should, for sure. I should, but life gets in the way, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to, uh, that is a, I mean, I, I, I wrestle with that stuff too, man. Like it's a balancing act, you know, cause yeah. like you have to, yeah, you it's like you family have your, and a little one as well. Yeah. You got your personal goals and, mm -hmm. but then you also have to like, you have to deliver on the family for right. it, you know? Yeah. You know, and hunting, um, especially large game, it's not a small thing. No, it takes time. It, ta yeah. it takes a lot of time and a oh, lot yeah. of money and a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of travel. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough endeavor to get into. I've, I've always, I've always told myself that if I had the opportunity to go out and hunt deer or elk or anything else for 10 days, you know, mm -hmm. for each hunt per year, I'd kill big bucks too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't get that. Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't anyway, but I like to tell myself I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right, man, let's talk about bear hunting. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure where to start. I, I'm thinking maybe just a kind of general, I mean, I want to keep it Arizona, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's an Arizona, Arizona podcast, inter podcast. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe start with some natural history. Uh, and maybe let's, let's, let's go way back and start way back in the old days. Um, so I like to tell folks, uh, you know, I brag a lot about, uh, this year being the Arizona wildlife federation's 100th birthday. Mm -hmm. So back in 1923, and then I watch that, uh, Yellowstone spinoff. There's a show called 1923. Yeah, okay. It's really good. Um, and granted it's Hollywood, but it gives you this glimpse into what the West was like in 1923. And it's not the same place it is today, <laughs> but back then we had grizzly bears oh, yeah. roaming around. Yep. Um, you know, there's, I think there's lots of different stories about the, the last grizzly killed. I think some of them say like Sycamore Canyon. Um, some of them say, uh, oh shoot, I'm drawing a blank on that mountain. Uh, Escadilla. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, those guys, they, they were, they were roaming, you know, mm -hmm. sickries back behind my house. Oh yeah. 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 God, I wish they were still there. I, 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 I like the idea. Uh, listen, I do a lot of backpack hunting and yeah, like, you're more practical than I am. And that, and I'm just like, they're freaking monsters. They dude. are. You know? I know. <laughs> but man, I'd love to see one here in Arizona. I mean, they've talked to, I've been here and they've been talking about like reintroducing them into certain areas in Arizona. Yeah several different areas over on the eastern border 
and then down south. Right. Yeah. Well, I should clarify that I am speaking purely from my personal opinion here, ahead, and not, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, sure. not the Arizona Wildlife Federation's opinion. But God, I'd love to see grizzly bears back on the landscape. <laughs> my Lord, I mean, I, I I believe that you know over in the Blue Range and White Mountains, they're, mm-hmm. they're you know that's that's why they put wolves back there. You know, sure. there's yeah. enough habitat to support that's, them. Yep. But, yeah, I'd love to have them right here. You know, yeah, I mean, if anywhere, if they're going to be anywhere, that's where. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a feeling that is way far off, but I'll tell you, um, the, a, a podcast on grizzly bears, uh, like the natural history of grizzly bears in the Southwest, is something I really want to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that person. Um, yeah. So if anybody listening knows who that person is, please let me know. But um, Dave Brown uh, was the the person. He was an Arizona Game and Fish Department employee uh, that did the, the mass amount of research, uh, historical research on grizzlies. And there's two books, uh, Lord, I'm going to mess up the names, Grizzly of the Southwest and maybe the last grizzly. I, I'm messing that up. I've seen these yeah. before. Yeah. If people are interested and they can, they can write in and email me and I'll, I'll let them have those titles, but they're really good, man. They, they all kinds of like firsthand accounts and stories about places, you know, places you've been out hiking around, mm-hmm. you know, where these events unfold where they're, you know, they kill this grizzly or something, but, uh, really interesting stuff. Um, and the, I don't know if Dave Brown was behind it, but there was an, like an Arizona bear association, a hunting association. Oh, really? Yeah. Just kind of like the Elk Society. Oh, cool. Um, and, uh, I don't know how long it lasted. I don't know, you know, maybe that's research I could do for that podcast, but, um, Dave Brown, I know, and I think along with that organization were advocates for a reintroduction of grizzly bears and and they were realistic about it. They didn't really see it happening anytime soon. Just like I don't, but who knows, man, maybe someday. Someday. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of wild country over there. So, Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's get realistic then and talk about black bears. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Uh, Black bears are a much more, um, oh, how would you say it? Adaptable species. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, and they range coast to coast in the Mm -hmm. Americas. Um, And we've got a lot of them right now. And that's something I tout a lot when I'm talking about the North American model of conservation and how hunting plays a role in that and how we've hunted these bears for the last hundred years. And they are doing great on the landscape. They're doing really good. Yeah. Yep. So where, where do these bears live in Arizona? Uh, I think it, I mean, where they live in Arizona is a reflection of what you just said. They're so adaptable. So Mm -hmm. like black bears can be found. I know about populations of black bears that live at 2,500 feet. I know about populations that live at 10,000 feet, right? You know, they can literally live as long as they have food. They're so, um, I think, uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, who is just like an absolute nerd about this stuff. He, he went to school for horticulture and everything. He cited to me that they, had identified over 70 different food sources that black bears consume in Arizona, which, I mean, if you think about that, like that's a wide range of elevations and stuff, you know, they, they are not a, I'm going to eat two things and that's it. Right. You know, I wonder if that's like grouping together, small mammals, insects. It's, I think a lot of it is, is, uh, plants and berries and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like, I mean, digging up like, like, uh, yucca shoots. Yeah. They eat those in the spring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, agave, like it, like anything, like anything that's consumable, they right. will, they will eat, uh, uh, um, uh, what are those called? God, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, beehives, mm-hmm. like beehives, they yeah. dig up, they dig up roots, they dig up, uh, termites. Um, they'll flip rocks for, for grubs, just all sorts of different things. So, which really makes it, uh, difficult when you're trying to locate bears because you're like, okay, well, what do they eat? Well, I mean, it kind of depends on where you're looking, right? you know, <laughs> and it depends on the time of year and it depends on the rainfall. Yeah. Like, because 
like this is the hardest thing about finding them is it is not a cookie cutter uh, process. You really have to to be out there looking mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this year, man, there's a lot of acorns that are fruiting this year. Yeah. And then in other years, there's none. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like if, if they're not there, guess what? They're not going to be with the acorns. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, so it requires a lot of boots on the ground scouting yeah. rather than like e-scouting. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, bear hunters in Arizona, but there are very few bear hunters that are consistently successful right. at bear hunting. And if you look, if you look at the names, uh, you can look all this up on the game and fish, the game and fish shows you everyone that has killed a bear that was reported in Arizona each year. A lot of those names are the same names. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's, that's because those guys have cracked the code on how right. to consistently find black bears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was aware with that. I was, I had a, I had a good little mini streak there. Yeah, you did. Then, then I bought a house, but, um, but I'm getting back in the game and yeah, it, like yeah. you mentioned before, you've been thinking about bears. Me too. And yeah. that's, that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Octo, we, we, we just had, well, shoot, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's finish talking about food. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Um, so, you know, from a hunting perspective, you know, I, I know that bears turn rocks and mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the most lasting telltale signs of a bear in the woods. You can mm-hmm. find big old boulders rolled over, sure, you know, sure, in the middle sure. of nowhere. But, um, what, what are those foods that hunters in Arizona should focus on? Um, being that, do you want me to talk about August and September or October? Yeah, let's, let's just go year round. A year round. I mean, might as well. Okay. I mean, talking about bear well, let's, history. let's start, let's start at the springtime. All right. Okay. So in the spring, bears are waking up. They're real lazy. There's some areas in Arizona where it's debatable if black bears even hibernate or not. I mm-hmm. think they just kind of get lazy. I've had people send yeah. me pictures of bears in January and I've personally found fresh uh, bear tracks in January while I'm out who's deer hunting. Um, so th- the reason why they, that some of them don't hibernate is because if there's food, there's no reason for them to go to sleep. This is why a bear hibernates. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about, oh yeah, they're in the high country. Oh, there's a bunch of snow. Food goes away. Mm-hmm. So they have to hibernate. In areas in lower elevation where bears occur, if there's a, an ample supply of food year round, they, maybe they just get a little bit lazy when it gets winter time. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, so in the springtime, what they're doing is they're they're emerging from their dens. They're gonna they're gonna be f- searching for the the greenest of the green grasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the reason they do that, <laughs> I remember calling you being like, what elevation are you seeing grass at right now? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the reason they do that is because they're trying to wake up their digestive system. Mm-hmm. So they'll eat grass, uh, for, for a, a certain amount of time, they'll end up passing a plug. Um, and then after that, they will start venturing further away from their dens and consuming like the the the, the bugs yeah. and the and the berries as as those things become more and more available as it gets warmer. Once you get into early fall, um, and when I say early fall, I'm talking about like uh, so. If this is an Arizona podcast. Talk mm-hmm. about August. Yep. Um, then they start getting into things like you'll start noticing some fall food crops, like the popular ones. Um, are things like manzanita berries, uh, um, scrub oak acorns, prickly pear berries. Uh, those are the, the big ones. There's some other things that you you know every now and then you can find them on, um, but those are the main food sources. Mm-hmm. And those things, back to what I said before, those things change. Yeah. So some years, like I've seen uh, before, 
there's been some years where uh, in certain areas, like I, I find fresh, ripe manzanita berries in, mm-hmm. in October. Yeah. This is a July thing and August thing. You know what I mean? Which, so, and that, and the reason being is because of the rainfall. Yeah. It was just different. Yeah. When we so, it, so it threw things off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, for the most part, what you want to be doing, if you're scouting for August bears, you want to be out there looking at the scrub oak acorns. You can see little itty bitty, uh, buds starting to pop up on them. Mm-hmm. If you see a lot of that, okay, that's a good sign. Generally, Winter rains, uh, you know, January, February rains are crucial for acorn reproduction. So you can kind of predict these things. If, mm-hmm. we're, if we have like a good winter, uh, we call it a winter monsoon. Yeah. If we have a good good winter moisture, you can pretty well bet we're going to have a good acorn crop. Right. That's kind of what we're looking at right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're drowning in acorns right now. Um, so when that happens, uh, a bear's mind is, is very simple with it, with this. Okay. If it, it, you need to hunt the bears where the food is, not where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that come to Arizona for the, for the whole bears and the pears experience. Right. And you know what? Some years that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And I suspect it's not going to happen when there's a good acorn. Mass. <sighs> no, it's it. And now like, so I'm a firm believer, believer that some black bears will, always drop into the sure. pairs and i think it's ba- maybe it's based off what their mama taught them mm-hmm. you know when they were born um or maybe it's based on their location they know that oh if i just travel straight down the drainage or yeah. you know and, and maybe that's yeah if they're favorite. close by i don't yeah. see them passing up on the opportunity yeah um but in general if we're going for numbers here there's no reason for a bear to drop down into the prickly pears if he has plenty of acorns. Yeah. They're a, la- a lazy, in a safer and more secure area. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're thicker. They feel more safe. Um, so um, after that, after that, after that August season, um, you we get into October. Okay, mm-hmm. October. We're coming up on October right now. Acorns. Started acorns here. Acorns lower elevations are going to ripen before higher elevations right Mm -hmm. so just like in the springtime if anyone's heard oh yeah the bears follow the grass up the mountain they follow the snow melt which we don't really have a snow melt here some areas do but but they follow that grass up the black bears will do the same exact thing with the acorns Mm -hmm. okay as the as the acorns ripen they'll travel up the mountain up the mountain up the mountain so it's very realistic that you could be hunting bears in the pears in august and october yeah it, because they'll just follow up and, and eat prickly pears at higher elevations, you know, and in general, those elevations look something in the realm of like in August, maybe you're hunting bears and prickly pears at 3,500 to 4,000 feet. And then in October, maybe they're at 6,000 feet. Okay. Right. So, but in general, like in October, uh, besides the prickly pears, you, you, we have, uh, gamble oaks, yeah. gamble oak acorns, which is a big acorn. All right. It's a tree. A scrub oak uh, is a, is more of a shrub, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, that's the, and then juniper berries, juniper berries are also something that, yeah, I was that's gonna ask, October. are those, a are those like a, a, a first item on the menu for bears or those kind of secondary? I think it's it. So in areas that I personally hunt, juniper berries are not really prevalent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is fine, but in some areas of the state, that they are, you know, and I say if they if they are there, then the bears are probably going to be smashing those berries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we have those, you know, below our ponderosa pine forest. You get into those big juniper oak mm-hmm. um, areas. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I've never hunted bears in there. I'm sure there's there's bears, especially in those they, where they intersect with canyons. I'm sure there's a ton of bears in there. Yeah. But uh, like elk, those are tough, tough places to hunt. They're super tough. There's some areas in Arizona. I was just talking to a game of fish guy on the phone the other day um, that found a spot in Arizona. It's a unit that never really gets hunted. And he said he found over 100 imprints on one water tank. Oh, wow. Black bear prints. Wow. All different sizes. Uh, scat kind of going all over uh-huh. the place. I was like, well, yeah, just, I mean, you know, just like find a trail, you know, find the trail. I mean, he's like, there, it's everywhere. And, and it was in one of those areas that you're talking about. Those areas are super hard to glass. Mm-hmm. We're glassers in Arizona, right? Yeah. That we live and die behind our glass. But in those areas, really the only way to hunt them is if you're sitting water or your predator calling. Yep. Or if you're running dogs, right? But running dogs is something that's like, not everyone has access to that, right? right? right. So if we're just talking about, you know, like the easiest uh, way to go bear hunting, it's predator calling or sitting water. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Dawson, no manzanita. Yeah. It seems, I I just like that plant. Um, And I like those berries. Uh, I mean, you you can make some some nice sauces. Sour apples. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, it seems like even on the worst years, you can find a few manzanita, dried up manzanita berries. Yes. Um, and because of that, well, you know, probably because of that and for a lot of other reasons, though, you know, you'll have mountainsides that are just nothing but manzanita. Yep. Absolutely impenetrable to a human being. Oh, it's... Um, but if, yeah. you, if you do get yourself in there, which I have, yeah. um, you find bear tunnels. Like oh, yeah. Little tunnels going inside of the manzanita in and out. You can try to follow those, get yourself out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've always liked those. Again, really hard to hunt because the bears are inside of those. You can't class oh, them. It is. It is. Uh, the same thing uh, is true with scrub oaks. Like mm-hmm. there's areas where scrub oaks are that thick. Yeah. And where you can get down and look and you see these little tunnels in there and stuff like that. And that's where the bears are going through. And there's a lot of, a lot of mornings in August where I've sat, uh, you know, on the top of a canyon or something like that. And I just listen. Yeah. And you can hear them walking through the scrub oaks, but you can't see them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, maybe then you see one pop its head out, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, there was a bear there the whole time. They hide incredibly well. Yeah, one of my neighbors was talking about glass in the oaks, and you won't see them because they're in it. But then they'll, they'll get up, they'll yeah. reach up and grab a handful and pull them down into them. And yeah. Sit there and, yep. sit there and <laughs> browse on them. Oh, yeah. um, and I guess, man, getting into food, we kind of skipped over just general habitat. Yeah. Um, like I'm living up in the pines now. and. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time exploring them. Mm-hmm. And while you can find bear sign here and there, old sure. stuff, again, flip rocks, toilet sure. logs, yep. um, it doesn't seem like they're evenly distributed throughout the habitat like you, like deer are. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem they stick to the mountains and to the canyons yeah. with the occasional straggler showing up in the neighborhoods or mm-hmm. just out in the, in the Bonneros Pine Flats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was going to tell you one thing, like like a new bear hunter, like, oh, where do I start? You need to... You need to uh, circle off uh, all the canyons in mm-hmm. the area in the unit that you're trying to hunt. And I think, I think there's a few reasons for that. Black bears are, are like very, um, they, they like seclusion, mm-hmm. right. And a Canyon offers that I've, I've always said, uh, that I believe that, um, Canyon bottoms are roadways for black bears. Yeah. Right. Because they can stay down there, uh, and, and not be seen. 
uh, unless you're sitting on top of the canyon watching them, they get they can stay down there and not be seen. There's water that builds up in the bottoms mm-hmm. of those canyons, so they don't have to go to the man-made water sources, which they do. You can you can find yeah. bears on those, but uh, in general, like if I had to pick, I'm like they're going to stay in the bottom and, and yeah. drink those natural pools. The other thing though is a lot of these canyons offer a uh, it's like it's almost like their own little ecosystem, right? You know, like one side of a canyon. You know, uh, if we're talking about, uh, you know, the span between August and I mean, I'll just say December, Mm -hmm. you know, um, one side of the Canyon might have early fall food. Yeah. And then the, maybe the North face has later fall food. Right. So it's realistic that a black bear could stay in this Canyon system the entire fall. Yeah. Yeah. They have everything they need there. Cover water for sure. For sure. And from a hunting standpoint, um, the Canyon, I mean, it, it gives you a view. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like there are a lot of bears that, hunt, that, um, hang out in some of these areas that we were just talking about these like thick juniper areas, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to hunt, man. You know what I mean? Like for a beginner bear hunter, I would say like find canyons, find outcroppings to get out on and just sit there and watch, yeah. you know, and be there at those times when bears are the most active, which is really like the first hour and last hour of light. Right. You know, and it, as you go later into the season and it gets a little cooler, you can find them throughout the entire day. And the yeah. same thing is true in the springtime. Yeah. It'll you know and that goes with a lot of a lot of big game species it's you know since i was a little kid it's always blown my mind and that like last half hour yeah. of light how things can just come out yeah appear, all of a sudden you know? it's like it's like yeah you've been sitting there for six hours and then all of a sudden oh there was a bear at 200 yards from me the right. entire time yeah you know <laughs> yeah it's, so. it's nuts um what about like blackberry patches along riparian areas? Absolutely. Is that worth focusing on? Um, in the fall, so you're kind of at this. Um, even even getting into August, like you're kind of at this this place where where it, in terms of blackberries, there's, there's that's like a transition. Yeah. Right. Like so so there we've hunted bears a lot in uh, blackberries and raspberry patches, but mm-hmm. it's more of a July thing in right. a lot of areas and and we my wife and i know this because we try to go out and pick them yep. you know and it's like oh yeah bear season is right around the corner it's like but but if you go like the first week in august yeah you kind of miss the boat so i would say if you're f- you're focusing on fall hunting no i, I wouldn't focus on blackberries okay. i it, now if you there's some areas in the state um i think actually we can't do this anymore now the game of fish changed this on us mm-hmm. we used to be able to hunt bears into july but now you can't um that's what I would focus on then. Okay. Well, that's a great segue anyway. Let's talk about rules and regulations. Okay. How do people hunt bears? What uh, are the seasons? What do they have to do? Yeah. So Arizona, uh, black bears, um, we've had a few changes lately that I have some very mixed feelings about. Yeah. Um, yeah always strong. Anytime Game and Fish does anything, there's going to be strong feelings in um, the community. It, well, in ge- so in general, like I, I am a pro Game and Fish guy. Like I, sure. I, yeah, I, they do I, a good job. I trust them. You know what I mean? Um, but this one was, I don't know, it was a lot, a lot of people, that might be a lot, another lot of people podcast, lost a lot of man. points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we used to have a draw hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, it was archery. You could hunt from basically May until the end of July, pending South quota limits, which I'll get into in a second. Um, that is not here anymore. Now all of our bear seasons are over the counter. Um, we have a, a spring season, which is basically, it's like, last part of march middle of march until like end of april Mm -hmm. about now um and that's it that's our spring season (laughs) there used to be units where you could hunt in the spring from march until the end of july Mm -hmm. over the counter that's not a thing anymore uh then we have our first uh we have a a, an over-the-counter hunt in august which runs basically until the day before elk season yep 
and then that's an archery only hunt no no, no. at least in some units so in some units um there are archery only uh over-the-counter hunts yeah these are uh i believe like uh unit 27 over there i think north i think is archery only and and, yeah there's a few of them i think 6a might have one too like where where you can you can hunt um bears with your bow uh not during a general season um because that's always a little freaky i heard about one time when a guy was stalking a bear with his bow and got plugged with a with a with a bullet in his oh. belt buckle. Oh yeah. Wow. That saved his life actually. Like he didn't yeah. Wow. But um anyways, so yeah, there's a couple archery only tags. Um and I think some of them are, are, are more focused in like the first part of September, which is a beautiful time to be out. Oh yeah. Be out hunting. Um and then after that, uh, you know, uh, the the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. I think opening day this year is October sixth or yep, something like it that. It is. Then that's that's the one we're looking forward to right now. Yeah, oh yeah. Um and that will go until uh the end the end of the year. Uh, there are some units now that won't open until November, though. 23 okay. North, I believe, is one that they changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, again, I don't know why they did yeah. that. But. Yeah, I, I'm not here to comment on the no. science behind the, the the different seasons and why they're set yeah. up the way they are. But I will say this, for, uh, as a hunter, mm-hmm. if you want to hunt bears, oh, yeah. you can almost hunt them anytime you want, as long as you're willing to travel and doing a little homework. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Which is, is a great opportunity to have. And also, you know, while, well, maybe it does suck that we lost that draw. Yeah. season i i like the quota system i do because i do too one uh, the populations are being taken care of and two i can hunt any unit i want as long as i'm being careful and i'm out there and you know before that quota is hit yeah so so uh let me dive into that real quick this is super important as a bear hunter in arizona you have a responsibility to pay attention to uh the sow quotas um through we used to call the bear hotline back in the mm-hmm. day i think most people just go online now yeah. <laughs> but but um uh, each unit that, uh, that is open to bear hunting has a sow quota limit these sow quotas can range anywhere from one to twelve mm-hmm. in, depending on what unit it is so it's your responsibility uh opening day say opening day is opening day is always a friday you know that you have from friday until wednesday at sundown to hunt black bears mm-hmm. wednesday at sundown is the the turning point for for when uh if a unit is going to shut down that's when it shuts down Uh, i think that's a super fair system because it allows people to go out okay i know i can hunt right from here to here yeah then then i need to check i'm gonna have to do that coming up here in october i have like a nine day hunt planned yeah i'm gonna have to get a hold i'm gonna have to get online or have my wife do it or something like that while i'm in the back well does the hotline still work i think the hotline still works i I haven't saved my favorites yeah 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 me too Um, at, to, to make sure the, the, the sow limit hasn't been hit. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and if it's been hit, you need to go somewhere else. Right. You know, right. after that, after that Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, for, for somebody like myself who came to Arizona as an adult and got into the point game late, mm-hmm. um, I really do appreciate these. Oh yeah. The over the counter thing is it's fantastic. There's no excuses like people complaining about not having hunting opportunities. You can right. go, you can go hunting. Yeah. Yeah, so so you know, bear hunting for a new hunter, let's say, I think can be an intimidate. I think a lot of hunters don't even consider it. No. Um, and I'm not sure why. Well, maybe, maybe it's because we do have deer sure. in a lot of places. It's sure. not hard to find them. You can go out and you can hunt for a day and you can see several deer. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. It keeps yeah. you going. Mm-hmm. But bears are a little mysterious. Oh, yeah. You know, um, they're they're only here and there. They're cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um they're big predators. You know, there's just a lot of things about them that 
and all of these things are what makes them fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. You know, I just think they're one of the most magnificent, interesting animals in the world, and pursuing them is, I'd rather, I, I, I can't say I'd rather bear hunt than deer hunt. I enjoy all of it. Oh, come on, so, Michael. Yeah. No, bears are wonderful. <laughs> I, I enjoy it just as much. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, that was one of the things that really captivated me early on about bears was um, what you were saying. You can you can kind of luck your way into seeing deer. Mm-hmm. You know, you, just like you're just driving down the road. Oh, there's some deer. Yeah. Right. But bears take uh, a focus, mm-hmm. right? You have to be very intentional about where you're looking and mm-hmm. and you know, when and everything. And once you have that like aha moment when you're sitting there and and, like one pops out and you have this like, Oh my gosh, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, like I've had, I've had times in the past where it's like, Oh my gosh, I don't even care if I shoot this thing now. You know, like I found one, you know, Mm -hmm. like because bears and like in general, like Arizona says, I think this is a little inaccurate. Okay. But Arizona says that we have about 3000 bears in Arizona. I think there's more than that. Yeah. Just because black bears are so, you can't fly for them. They're just so hard to, sure. to, yeah, they're, most they're, of those estimates are conservative. On yeah, yeah, for sure. This is opposed to like somewhere like Washington. Mm-hmm. There's like 20,000. Yeah. Right. We're not drowning in black bears in Arizona. Right. I think now we have, now I think it's more of a, uh, where bear habitat is in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like Washington just has more bear habitat. Right. right? So if we had our whole state was bear habitat, we'd have a lot of bears, but it, that's not the case, mm-hmm. you know? So, which makes it harder to find them. Right. And you really need to have a focus on like what habitat you're looking for to get out there and really do the boots on the ground thing, looking for food and spend the time because you're not going to see a herd of black bears. Mm-hmm. It may take you like I've gone out before, you know, five days before yeah. and maybe I see one. You have to enjoy the process. You, and you have to be okay without being successful. Absolutely. Without seeing things. Yeah. But, you know, for me, there's enough that goes into it that. I still find it all very fulfilling. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, figuring out that food source, figuring out what they're eating right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. figuring out the places they live. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it's not, not I mean, I've, I've shot exactly two bears. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not in a position to, to give advice, but but I like to say it's kind of like javelina hunting. Javelina hunting can be hard if you've never done it before. Oh, Finding javelina can be really tough. Those little suckers but are once you've not done even it, taller than the grass. You know, once you've done <laughs> it for, for, you know, a decade, and you found javelina in just just a handful, four or five different spots. You can be successful every year. You mm-hmm. draw a tag in those spots because you know where those javelina are. Right. And bear are very similar in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now, granted, you know the areas you find them might change based on what they're eating, but mm-hmm. but there's certain habitats that bears like. Um, Absolutely. And, well, so th- then that's one of the things that takes so long. I was trying to get at was like you might have an area like I've had this happen in the past, man. Where like maybe I'm I'm sitting in an area in August and mm-hmm. I see twenty bears in that one area that year. And then the next year there's zero. I've never seen 20 bears in a year. I would love to, I would love to be able to say, I'm that. talking about 20 in a hunt, not in a year, right? Like in oh. one spot. Oh gosh. And it's be, even better. And it's all because of the food. Yeah. It's like, if you go to a restaurant, well, who, what do you think you're going to see? You're going to see a bunch of people. Yeah. Right. So like when, 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 when the, when the menus open, the bears are going to be there. Uh huh. And so when that happens and there are no bears there, what's your backup plan? And that's the thing that takes a long time to, to figure yeah. out is like, okay, if they're not here, okay, I know about another food source. I think that's ripe right now. I'm going to go look over there. Right. And that's, that's how you, you, you that's the consistent part. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yep. and then, um, you mentioned, um, or I don't know if you mentioned this scat popped up in my brain about, uh, about this paying attention to bear, bear scat is wonderful. 
by the way, it's a wonderful tool. <laughs> uh, it, so the, the coolest thing about it is you can, um, you can see what they're eating. Yeah. You know, so like, and, and, and it doesn't matter if it's fresh. Right. Okay. You can, a bear, a pile of bear scat tells a story, right? So you can, you see what they're eating, even if it's old, even if you're out in January mm -hmm. and you find an old pile of bear scat that has a bunch of manzanita berries in it or something like that. Right. Or acorn shells yep. or something. You know, oh, on an acorn year, I should try here. Yeah. Right? Yep. Now, again, this is not instant gratification. Like, you're right. talking about, you know, this might be a 10-month a, a wait sure. before you can go and, like, yeah. proof this out, right? And maybe uh, 10 months in a year mm -hmm. because maybe it's not an acorn year, the year that year, right? Yep. The following year. But you put all these things together. I always take pictures of bear scat. Yeah, I did too. And I root around in it and everything, dude. Because I'm like, okay, what are they eating? What's around? Like, And I remember those things. Yeah. Remember, oh, yeah. And, and you just you slowly, like build this like internal map mm -hmm. of bear areas and then pretty soon you have a lot of backup plans yeah so yeah that, that's i mean there's no way to do that other than burning boot leather no getting out there no. scouting hunting exploring um and i'll say uh in grizzly country like glacier wyoming mm -hmm. place like that I'm, I'm speaking to glacier because this is where i saw this but uh in, in the fall when the berries are up you can find you know, cow piles of grizzly scat of every color of the rainbow, depending on whatever berries they were eating. Mm -hmm. It would be blue, mm -hmm. red, yellow, orange. <laughs> but it's like smoothies. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some similarities there, sure. Um, but yeah, here in Arizona, it seems like manzanita, acorn shells. I've never seen a prickly bear. Really? Scat. Yeah. Oh, I've never hunted bears in the pears. It looks exactly like a prickly pear berry okay like they like yeah. a lot of times they don't even chew it oh yeah like it's like like you find like it looks like it literally like i have I, i'll try to dig up some pictures of my phone uh but it literally looks like you just grabbed a bunch of prickly pear berries and smashed right. them yeah there was several years ago and i'm sure you remember the year i'm talking about everything came together Mm -hmm. um for for the, the the bears and the pears thing oh yeah and i missed that whole thing oh, and i've regretted it ever since yeah it's it's a it's pretty wild man uh it's brutal i'd rather do it in october yeah because it's just so much nicer out because dude yeah. in like august it is absolutely like it is it's bad yeah like it's real hot and, that, and so then you're dealing with once you get something on the ground, you, I mean, the right. clock is ticking even faster yeah. and stuff. And you're talking about an animal that has a big hide on it. You mm -hmm. know? So, yeah. You know, bears live in places that are hard to get to. They do. Yeah. Um, and they're heavy. Everything about them's heavy. Oh the gosh. hide, you have to bring the hide out mm -hmm. when you get your animal checked. Mm -hmm. um, and it's heavy. It's oh, a yeah. load. So um, you got to be constant, constant. Uh, I can't say that word of those things. You have yeah. to think about those things. You have to be prepared for them. And, you know, if you're not in a position where you can get that meat mm -hmm. back to a, a cooler of ice in mm -hmm. your truck on time, you probably shouldn't shoot that bear. No. And that's, and that's a hard, there's, there's areas, there was areas in the past, like when I first started bear hunting, um, that my brother and I made a rule where we're like, we're not shooting something here at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is not, we're not going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because we've had the heartache, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like we've lost a bear before, oh, you yeah. know, after shooting it. And it's like, you, you do that one time and it's like, Oh my gosh, dude, like I'm never going to do that again. You know right. what I mean? And it's just like, it's part of, you know, it's all part of it. You learn, you sure. screw up and you learn from yeah. your mistakes. And Oh my gosh, you know, there, there's, there's different kinds of poachers. There is the selfish, guy who just wants it all for himself 
mm-hmm. and he's just not going to follow rules. Yeah. And then there is that guy that gets, you know, that buck fever a little too much mm-hmm. and makes bad decisions. Oh yeah. Um, and and that can happen to good people. Sure. You know, you can sure. you can make bad choices because I'll tell you what. There is something deep inside of our evolutionary brains that excites us like nothing else in the world when we're pursuing a game animal. Oh, yeah. No, I there is. And that's one of the things I think one of the beauties about it, right, is like the, these things that like I I mean, I shake like a leaf sometimes, man, dude. Yeah. And that that right there. That, turkeys. Turkeys do it to me. Turkeys, God, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand you. Um, <laughs> um, but but that right there, uh, that's rewarding enough in itself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like part of it, you know what I mean. Oh, like absolutely. even if you don't get that, even if you don't, man, dude, you can't. You like a bear walk out, and, and even if you don't get a shot, oh. I, I'm like, is it is it twenty? Any day you it, see a bear is a special day. Is it twenty three degrees right now? Because I am vibrating. <laughs> I'm like, so like, you know, so. Oh, they are wonderful animals. Yeah. Well, let's go through some of the uh, the tactics, different methods of hunting. Um, you mentioned hound hunting, and quite honestly, I know nothing about it. Um, I, I don't. And I don't I, think you hound hunt either. So. No, I don't. It's something that I would love to experience someday yeah. um, just because of I, I do uh, have a massive respect for um, the working relationship between handler and dog. Yeah. I really lo- enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but it's never something I've done. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just not – I mean – I don't know. I don't think I know anyone that has hounds that right. would, you know what I mean? So, um, so that's a whole nother thing that's very involved, but in general, like the most accessible types of bear hunting is, is spots and spot and stock hunting. Yeah. We're not allowed to bait here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So you have to spot and stock. Um, this puts a couple options on the table for you, especially if you're, uh, whether you're going to rifle hunt or bow hunt, which I should mention this over the counter tag is a general tag. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you want to archery hunt, you can. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, 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 probably the most popular method of finding black bears in Arizona is glassing. So you're going to sit down, you're going to find like, we were talking about canyons earlier and having visibility. You're going to find an outcropping or something like that. Get up high, uh, before light hike in the dark, use your headlamp, mm-hmm. um, um, and get up there and, 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 uh, put your binoculars on a tripod and start, start grid searching the area. You know, and that's, that's how I find 90% of the bears that I, that I, that I, uh, find, um, the other way, uh, that, that I've also had success at is by, uh, predator calling mm-hmm. bears. Um, I have found to be much more, um, I think aggressive is an aggressive word, yeah. but they're much more responsive in the fall to predator calls from my experience. Like I've had in the springtime. I've had bears, I've called in bears that just kind of walk in like very like, Oh, what is that? You know what I mean? Like super curious in the fall. I've had bears sprint at me. Yeah. Like on the dime, like they hear the call that they think about it for a second and then they're running. Yeah. And I think it's because the one thing, I mean, they're just, they're trying to get ready for winter. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're like a garbage disposal, you know, they're just feeding, feeding, feeding. Um, the best way, uh, to do that, um, there's a couple ways that predator calling is effective in my opinion, uh, from what I've, from what I've experienced. One is glassing a bear up, Mm -hmm. moving in. This is especially effective if you're bow hunting, moving in on that bear. Cause once a bear is feeding, that's the key. A bear has to be feeding for this to work. He's not really going anywhere. Okay. He may, he may look like a pinball inside of one, like, like a little circle, but he's staying right there because that's where the food is. Right. You move into position and call. Okay. And set up and call. 
and that is a great way to get a bear to come in for an archery shot. Um, wind is, is essential, obviously throughout any of this. Okay. A bear's nose is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so if you don't have the wind, like don't even try, like like just get that right. And with predator calling, what I've found to work the best is, um, it's going to like guys that call elk are going to naturally know how to do this. But, but basically like if I'm looking at a bear in a crosswind, okay. And the wind's moving from my left to right, that bear is going to come to my right to that call, which leaves you the opportunity to know kind of like how to set up and like where, where to kind of look for your lanes and stuff like that for shots. Um, another thing, but, but another thing that, that opens up, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here and I'm sorry, but, uh, is throwing your call. Okay. Okay. So if you have, if you predict, because if a bear, a bear if a, if you, if a bear comes into your wind, he's going to run. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can throw your call to make it sound like it's a little further away. Yeah that bear might end up more in front front of of you and, and just miss your wind. Right. Right. So, so predator calling another, uh, another, uh, proven method in Arizona, we're in the desert, right? Water's Mm -hmm. life. You know what I mean? Um, on dry years, sitting on a water tank is a very effective way to kill a bear. Yeah. Bears need water. They'll hit it multiple times a day. Uh, in August, uh, these, during these drier times of year, like right now, like our monsoon has been kind of been a joke this year. This would be a fantastic time of like year to sit water. Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to come, you could have, uh, you know, 10 bears hitting one water source. You know what I mean? So as long as you set up with the wind, uh, that's a, that's a great way. Not everyone likes ambush hunting. I love it though. I mean, it's just, you know, they come in, you hear something coming and it just like gets my heart pounding, you know, I I struggle holding still. I mean, I I do it and it's always exciting to have something come in, but yeah, but it's still a struggle for me. It's exciting, man. Um, those are, those are the main, really the main methods uh, that I have personally found success Mm -hmm. with bear hunting in Arizona. So yeah. You, you, in in the calling department again, I'm, I'm I'm drawing off my vast experience of the one bear I called in. Oh yeah, now, yeah. I've unsuccessfully called, you know set up and called lots of times. Yeah, sure, sure. But the one time it worked, I knew I was close to that bear. I yeah. didn't see him, but I knew he was close by. So I I got off on a tangent there. I mentioned one way that that works uh, to to call that bear in is when you see him mm-hmm. and you move in close, you call that bear in. There's also blind calling though. Like I mean, if you can, you know. Um, you do some boots on the ground scouting, you find some bear sign, you kind of get, I really like kind of being elevated, mm-hmm. you know, like picture like a point yeah. or something like yeah. that. Um, being a little bit back on that point, because from, if you're calling off both sides of that point, that means that the bear has to come up to see you. Yeah. Right. Same thing goes with like calling for elk. Like you want to, you want to try to like be in a position where they have to make themselves visible. Mm-hmm call for like 45 minutes to an hour at a time, you know, mark all your pins on your Onyx or whatever, and like move down and have a route plan, a calling route throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's a great way. You might do 20 sets mm-hmm. before, you know what I mean? Uh, or that's a lot of time in a day. You might do yeah, those 10 sets are long too. You might they do, start to wear on you. You might do 10. Well, yes, but you might do 10 sets and maybe you call in one bear or maybe you don't call in anything, right. but then the next day, maybe you have three of them run in at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I've called in multiple at one time. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, that'd be exciting. And it was like, 
whoa i've gone days yeah. you know and then all of a sudden there's a blonde one right there there's a black one behind huh. me you know what i mean like so yeah pretty cool i uh, in my mind's eye the scenario i always imagine working but hasn't worked for me yet is setting up in the mouth of a canyon with wind in your favor mm-hmm. that way they have no way to come absolutely other than yeah P- right like wind. there's a there's a there's a there's a place i like to hunt um I think that's that's a notable thing to mention too. What you just said, like for, like stuff like pinch points, you know what I mean. I think feel like things like this, like Western guys don't really pay a whole lot of attention to. It's more of a whitetail thing, yeah. Um, like these like natural funnels that mm-hmm. force animal movement, you know. Um, I have a spot that I hunt though. It's like a canyon. It's bluffed out on both sides, which means guess what? Anything that's in there has to walk below me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I started hunting there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I tried to explain that to a couple of Western guys. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, no, listen, these whitetail guys, like whitetail hunting is a thinking man's game. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's how you could take stuff like that and apply it to any type of hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. you don't get to just wander around and bump into a nice whitetail box. No, 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 uh, no, no. Um, yeah, that one bear that I was successful in calling in, like you mentioned, he came in so fast. It looked like a black ball rolling down the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. He was just, just moving opportunity came man. right up to me, 10 yards away, perched himself up on his front legs on a rock and gave me a perfect shot. Yeah. But that was the only time it worked for me though. Yeah. But that was enough to keep me interested though in the calling game. When it works, it works yep. very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we going to talk about next here? I have a list. Um, Let's, you want to talk about, I don't know how to put this. Um, a lot of people are perfectly okay with shooting ducks. They're mm-hmm. perfectly okay with shooting deer. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to shooting bears, things get a little weird. People have feelings about that. Yeah, they do, yeah. How do you explain that to folks? A bear is, I mean, I, I, I understand why. Like, sure. They're, they're very personable animals. Teddy bear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is a thing that we all grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're cute and fluffy, you know? But, like, like any animal out there, it doesn't matter what it is, it has to be managed. Mm-hmm. There are um, black bear, like, black bears do a lot of damage to, like, fawns and mm-hmm. stuff elk calves that's a food source we didn't talk about either did it? oh yeah no yeah. Well, well yeah yeah that's no, so like like during that well we well we can't hunt during that time anymore michael so right. um, <laughs> um but that was a valid tactic when we could mm-hmm. is like you could predator call during the fawn drop dude that's a dinner bell oh yeah you know what i mean a fawn like they can't do anything they just lay there it's, a, it's like free food yeah um so they so they have to they have to be ban- to be managed um Another thing, though, that I think a lot of people don't realize is um, they're looking—they're looking at this bear as more like like a character, uh-huh. right? Like a figure, like this thing that was in a cartoon that they saw. They don't realize that they are absolutely delicious. I was going to get to that, yeah, the okay. table fair, because that's, that's, I, I personally don't think you can talk about bears without talking about no, that. No, you, but... you can't. It is something I have had. If I if if I had a dollar for the amount of people that I've spoken to that didn't even know you could eat bears, mm-hmm. you know, like I'd, I'd have a lot of dollars, you know, like it's just <laughs> not, it's not like, like I've literally had somebody tell me, oh, you, well, you can't eat that. It's not like deer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, that's, that's entirely wrong. You know, like I call them the other red meat. Yeah. You know, um, so, so it's a renewable resource. Like sure. it's, it's super good. And, and, and not just the meat. 
but you know, like the fat, like I heard the other day, you, my daughter has eczema. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like bare fat and rubbing mm -hmm. is like good for like a natural, like ailment, like uh, a natural, um, treatment for eczema. Huh. You know what I mean? You could, you could water, you like rub it on your boots too. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was like, used for lots of things. Yeah, absolutely. There's like a lot of that can be done there. And then the hide, right? Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Like keep you warm. You know, it's like a blanket, right? So like there's a lot to be utilized with a black bear. Um, and, um, and I think that's something that gets like, that has been like forgotten. Yeah. Right. Well, it does seem like, you know, very few people have a problem with knocking a fish on the head and eating it. Right. And a lot of people don't care about killing a bird, but the closer you get to personalities mm -hmm. that relate to humans, the harder it gets. Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, man, bears have a huge personality. Oh, they do. Yeah. Um, before I ever shot a bear, I, I was hiking, I think in Wyoming, um, and come across this, I don't know, a bunch of brush in a burnt out area. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, it sounded huge. And I thought for sure that was it. The grizzly was coming out of there at me and my days were over. This is the end. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It was this little bitty, well, not little bitty, but a juvenile black bear. Sure. And he shot up out of that brush up up a, a big dead uh, dead pine. And he was up there and he was looking down at me and he was huffing and puffing. And he was, I mean, you could see the expression in the animal's face. Mm -hmm. He was so concerned, <laughs> you know, and he'd go a little higher and look down at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I get it. I get why people... Uh, you know, can can relate to these animals, but the fact of the matter is, they're an animal, and so oh, yeah. is a deer. Absolutely. And a life is a life is a life. And mm -hmm. um, you know, from a very practical standpoint, you know, they are just another species of wildlife out there, and then mm -hmm. certainly a a resource that that we can utilize um, in a sustainable manner. Mm -hmm. um, that that actually, you know, I, the the way I promote hunting a lot of times is it does it gives human beings a tangible connection to wildlife and habitat, mm -hmm. and that's why so much good work and so much money goes into conservation via the hunting community yeah. and folks. And now there are some good people out there that put in a lot of effort that don't hunt, you know, but not that many, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, a ton of good comes from hunting. A ton of good comes from these relationships mm -hmm. that people have with wildlife. And I would definitely call you an advocate for bears. No question about it. Oh, I, I, love I hope. Bears. Yeah, no, I, they've been a, a, a huge passion of mine since the beginning. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was, man, like a long time ago that really got me about them. But I think, I think the best way that I can look back and describe it was it sounded like the wildest thing that I could experience. Yeah. Like there, there is, um, no other animal to me that says North American wildlife, like, like wilderness, that is the wildest animal to me that there is. Oh yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, another thing I, ha I haven't mentioned though, is like their age, mm -hmm. you, you can, you know, a deer, an old deer is like seven, mm -hmm. right? You can, f I mean, a bear can live 28 years, right? 29 years. Yeah. They're out there too. And if you think about all of the hunting seasons that that black bear has dodged. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that sounds kind of weird, but, but you know what I mean? That, yeah. that that's a lot of knowledge. Oh yeah. So, so, so in terms of like a, uh, worthy, um, game animal to pursue, like, mm -hmm. dude, that is, that's a smart animal. It really is, you yeah. know? So, so, um, so that's really cool, man. Uh, knowing that like, it's like, it's like, I'm 37, you know what I mean? 
and I think about, um, you know, even a bear that's 20 years old. Oh yeah. When I was, was right. you know, seven, 17 years old, that bear was born and he's been being a gangster in the, in the wilderness ever since. <laughs> Are you serious? Like that's, that's wild. Yeah, man. That is wild. Well, I do want to talk about food. I want to talk about cooking. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, just to make this a nice round podcast, let's talk about equipment a little bit. Okay. Um, what do folks need to go bear hunting? What's a good caliber? What kind of equipment should they carry? Yeah, yeah. So I started out bear hunting with a good old 30 out six. Mm-hmm. That's that's the rifle. And I think that's a fantastic round for somebody uh, just getting into rifle bear hunting because it offers a wide range of, of grains, mm-hmm. which means that you can, you know, you can use a 50, 55 grain accelerated and shoot coyotes with it, or you can shoot a 200 and whatever grain, you know, for, for elk and like any moose or whatever. Um, so it's like the one, if you're going to pick one rifle, I think that's a great, that's a great rifle there. Um, I personally use, um, I've had really, really good luck, like, like really good luck with a 27 Nosler. Mm-hmm. Um, that has, that gives you a little more range in my opinion than, than something like a 30 out six. Um, I've killed bears. I just killed a bear in, in Idaho with a six, five Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. Fantastic round. Like if you like, even for a kid, like you want to bring your kid bear yeah. hunting that that'll do it. Yeah. Six, five Creedmoor. Um, <clears throat> my bear dropped, like there was no like blood trail, like it just dropped. So, um, uh, aside from that, um, let's see. I mean, I mean, if you want to get into archery or, or whatever, I mean, I personally think that is another can of worms that uh i've you know, chatted about fixed before. blade versus yeah, yeah 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 um i personally think a, a more of a mechanical broadhead is better for a black bear bigger hole yeah the, and the reason being is because a black bear especially in the fall has a layer of fat on it mm-hmm. a fixed blade broadhead yeah there's no option of failure mm-hmm. right but if you get a good mechanical like a good one, you know what I mean? And they're out there. Yeah. Um, it, what happens when a broadhead goes through a bear is that fat, that layer of fat will close up, mm-hmm. which makes blood trailing a bear incredibly difficult, which is already something that's hard to do because the, their hide soaks up the blood. Yeah. Well, right. can, can I insert something here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that, that bear I shot with my bow was an early season bear. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't take any fat home off of that bear. Yeah, it looked, it looked, I yeah. literally, and I shot with a fixed blade broadhead, double long, mm-hmm. um, didn't even break a rib, went like through the spaces between ribs on both sides of the animals and sailed off the mountain. Never saw that arrow again. Yeah. yeah. I had pinpricks of blood. I thought for sure I injured that animal and I was never going to find it. Yeah. Pinpricks that I had to search for every little pinprick of blood. Yeah. That animal was dead 50 yards away. Yep. There was no blood. I think there's a lot of people that experience that and they go home without a bear. Yeah. You know, so, so I think that that is a, that is a, like, like I, the one that I shoot is a hybrid head, um, Mm -hmm. which is great, a great option. I've killed several bears with hybrid heads. Like, uh, it, it offers the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? Is it has the devastation of a fixed blade, the reliability of that, but it also has a mechanical that opens up and gives you a bigger wound channel. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think that, I think there's something to be said there for that. Um, uh, other than that, bears are a pretty soft tissued animal, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't need, you don't need to be drawing 80 pounds back to kill a black bear or be right. shooting a, you know, a, a super heavy hitting rifle. Um, Aside from that, uh, let's see, uh, binoculars, like binoculars that I use, um, and this is across the board for me and not just like bear hunting. I think the 10 by 10 by 42 binocular is like the most, 
like um, versatile magnification yeah, there is. That's what I carry. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can put it on a tripod. You can freehand it. It's awesome. Um, I will carry every now and then, like it, depending on how big the country is. Maybe I carry a, a little spotting scope with me to try to get a better look at a bear, or if I want to like really like because sometimes these bears are in these thick areas, like we were talking about, like Manzanita and scrub oak and stuff like that, and I need to like really try to look in yeah. there. You know, and you could, you can spot bears bedded. It's super hard, but you can do it. Wow. Um, and, uh, so, so, so that's, that's another, so right now I'm carrying a 13 to 39 spotting scope, um, which I think is perfect for the like, especially for backpack hunting, you know, yeah. it's like small and lightweight, um, uh, game bags. Uh, I really enjoy a fixed knife, a fixed mm-hmm. blade knife. I, um, I have, uh, first black bear i ever killed i had a replaceable blade and damn near cut my thumb off with that thing and i had and i had another one break like sure in, in the bear i still love them but yeah that that's they have the their place so you yeah. know what i mean i carry a fixed blade like a small fixed blade mm-hmm. and a replaceable blade yeah and i use that fixed blade for going through joints things like that yeah but man i love that i love that replaceable well and that's blade. and that's the thing you know those freaking it is dangerous though those freaking joints man like i i had to, we finished skinning that bear out i had a game bag wrapped around my thumb you know soaking up all the blood coming yeah. out of me you know yeah. so yeah i wonder if you get diagnosis like that i've always wondered man i don't think so. i don't think so because like yeah, the, remind me to get back to that when we talk about yeah absolutely like to, from my knowledge like trigonosis <clears throat> is something that that is inside of the meat yeah right so like um i guess maybe there's off chance right like if you had an open wound and you like rubbed it on the bear's yeah. meat maybe i don't know yeah, but, i just hope we don't find out but uh the, the 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 thing how i've understood that that works is like if you eat that and then your stump, your stomach acid is the thing that like dissolves that cyst. Yes, and then the worms spread. Okay, and stuff. So, so you might be okay with an open wound. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm a glove guy, regardless. Yeah. Like I just prefer. That's another thing. Yeah, I bring gloves with me. Um, let me see here. Uh, yeah, game bags. Uh, uh good backpack. Um, yeah. you mentioned earlier how heavy they are. Mm-hmm. Gosh, they're heavy. I mean, if you kill a mature boar. I mean, you're looking at a hide that it can it, just the hide, okay, that can be seventy plus pounds. Yeah, for the hide in the head, mm-hmm. that doesn't include the meat. Bare bare bones are also incredibly dense. They're big, they're yeah. big bones. Um, so what we do in order to get a black bear out, you know, uh, you know, a couple frame packs. You know what I mean? Like I I use EXO. But any of them are good. Like the the, the packs that were like, were like the bag detaches from the frame and you can put that meat like straight up against the frame. Um, one person will carry the hide. The other person can carry all of the boned out meat. Can you get all of the boned out meat in one trip? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we've done, I've done it several times. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never went to the trouble of boning it out, but I... It, it took me at least three trips. Oh yeah. Like I would prefer to keep it on the bone. It's just like easier to deal with when you uh-huh. get home. But if you're like far in there, right. man, you got to cut as much weight ribs, as I love bear ribs. I've never they're had so, bear oh, ribs. They're so good. I've never had them. Yeah, they're meaty. Are they? Yeah. 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 Cool. They're, they're worth the effort. Yeah. No. Um, what else? I think, I think that's about it for, oh, if you're hunting in August, have a head net. Uh, yeah. The mosquitoes can be murder. Yeah, especially <laughs> in places where bears live. Yeah, yeah. And then and then also, I've gotten chiggers really bad here before. And in, I've not had an in, issue with chiggers in Arizona. I mean, I grew up in chigger country in Missouri. I you? mean, part of my childhood was just like 
permanent nasty scabs all over my legs and waist mm-hmm. from scratching through the summer mm-hmm. but never had an issue in arizona oh i dude i've been i think we talked about this on the last podcast too i think we may have i've been covered like yeah. over 80 bites wow on me they're yeah. bad yeah. yeah yeah and they don't go away for a long time no it takes like a three week long mosquito bite on steroids <laughs> yeah um well this is a good place to remind folks to if they want to know more about the kind of equipment you carry mm-hmm. um more about those binoculars more, yeah, 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 sure. yeah more about your pack go, go back and listen to that podcast we did last yeah. year yep it's a good one um all right let's see what are we missing here i would also suggest man if you're hunting bears in, in august that you have some sort of water filter on you because it like the 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 areas that they hang out in i mean mm-hmm. i've run out of water before going down yeah. into these canyons and having some sort of like even if it's just a life straw dude yeah. like so you can get down and drink some water out of the bottom of the canyon like august is brutal right october is a lot better but it can be it can still be hot in october yeah. you know what I'm honestly man that's something people should have on them in any backcountry hunt whether it be a yeah. backpack hunt or just a you know a long even in and out day hike. right exactly even if you're tr- you're hunting from a truck like i think that's smart practice yeah, yeah. And I'll also, I'll add in there that um, I don't ever go out, even in the cool parts of the year, without a cooler full of ice jugs. Oh, yeah. In my truck. Oh, yeah. So, yep. no matter, you know, if I'm hunting birds, I got a cooler full of ice jugs. In my yeah. Truck. A good tip, too, that I got from a taxidermist is um, when you get that bear specific, especially in August when it's uh-huh. real hot, is you get that bear back to a cooler, you know, you get your meat in there and everything like that. You get to hide. Sometimes I carry two coolers with me when I'm bear hunting. Yeah. Um, flip that head over and expose the neck Mm -hmm. and put ice right there. Okay. That spot right there, the taxidermist told me is the first spot that starts to go. Spoil. Okay. Yeah. I'll build on that to get yourself a stick. Get those jaws open, oh, prop yeah. it open with a stick. The first bear I took in to have checked, uh, they were sore with me because it was rigor mortis and frozen. Get closed. Cal- Callie, uh, if you're listening to this from the Game and Fish, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that I never do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll try to remember. but Yeah. yeah it, 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 at the Game and Fish department, they're, they're going to want to take a tooth out of that animal. Yep. Um, and they can collect a lot of data, the age of that animal and condition of that animal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to expect, take a tooth, expect to hide. And of course you want proof of sex there too. So, yeah, that I, we should mention, I mean, if you shoot a bear in Arizona, you have 48 hours to report it via the phone. Uh, you can do it online now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, I believe you have 10 days for a mandatory personal check-in. Yeah. So, yeah, very important. Um, and it's great. Cause I mean, we, we've got a huge data set yeah. on, on black bears in Arizona. That's what we need to make good management decisions. Mm-hmm. So. All right, man, let's get to the cooking part. Um, let's do it. So you debone your meat in the field. Um, I've been a schmuck and just quartered mine up and carried them out, but I think I'm going to try that next time. Well, it's 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 situational. Okay. You know what I mean? Like this, I'm doing a big backpack hunt coming up here in October. We're boning that sucker, dude. We're going to yeah. be in there. You know I, what I, I mean? I, again, I urge you to take those ribs out and, <laughs> and smoke them with a good dryer up. You won't regret it. I'll have to, They're yeah, so I'll have good. to talk to you about that one. Yeah. The, the ribs are a little bitty, uh-huh. but there's a lot of meat in there. Is there? Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, go on. You were talking about cooking. Oh, where was I? Well, how, how you're taking care of your meat in the field. Um, I imagine you're, you're taking apart just like you would a deer or an elk. I mean, mm-hmm. the muscle groups are the same. Yep. You know, they're a mammal. Mm-hmm. You got your back straps. You got your quarters. Um, you know, I can't say that I've done, again, I've only, I've only brought home two bears. Um, and I utilized every ounce much quicker than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's probably the favorite meat in my family. Yeah. 
Uh, kids love it. Wife loves it. Um, the first one I brought out was from the spot that you gave me. Yeah. Um, and it was an old abandoned apple orchard. I guess I won't say exactly where, but holy hell, it was a hike in there, man. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was that was a great first bear experience. Yeah, I got Because yeah. I worked for it, yeah, which yeah, makes yeah. it so much sweeter when you're looking back on it. Yeah. But um, that last trip out... I brought out not only about 15 pounds of fat, but I brought about 15 pounds of apples. Yeah. Um, and these were the sweetest, most sugary apples you've ever eaten. They were delicious. And uh, I cooked up that that bear. The first meal I made out of it was a shoulder roast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I braised it in an apple cider oh. and, and cooked it up with all those apples. God, it was good. It made every 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 miserable step out of that place worth it. Yeah, that's an unforgiving place, dude. That's Yeah, I was like, you're like... You're willing to go in there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, you find one back there. There's a lot of bears <laughs> in there, man. Well, I, think I, I think I sent you that video where I could stand in one spot. Oh, yeah. And, and turn around 360 and get 40, 50 piles of bear scat. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. in one video. Yep. I'm standing in one spot. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I shot the first first bear I saw. Sure. That was my first bear hunt. Absolutely. Nope. Um, but man, I'd love to go in there and take, but the thing is, I don't want to carry it out. Maybe it's some llamas or something, oh, but dude. go in there and really try to find a big old boar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to, I've never actually bear hunted in there either. Uh, I just knew about that. There's area. a bunch of coos deer in there too, man. Yeah. Those you could take out one trip. Oh yeah. Put them in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. No probs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special place. Can't wait to get back in there. Although that area burnt, I don't know what it's going to be like in there now. I know they oh. saved that, that specific orchard, but so from my understanding, uh, and from like where I hunt a lot, like when a burn happens, manzanita thrives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it'd probably be good. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there's still plenty of bears in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was my first, first black bear meal I ever cooked up and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I've already talked about smoking ribs. Um, mm-hmm. again, recommend it, man. They're good. Uh, what do you do? So my, my go-to for, I literally just ate bear tacos before I came here. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, we use a lot of grind in my house. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're doing, uh, you know, uh, bear tacos, bear burgers, bear chili. It's so handy it, to have ground meat on hand. It really is, Easy. man. Um, and I don't add anything to it. I don't add, like some people add pork fat and beef fat. I don't add any ounce of fat to it's any, ga- fat meat. To any yeah. game meat, not even venison, yeah. nothing. I don't do that. Um, but, uh, so when it comes to the other cuts though, like back straps in the beginning, like for like, remember like first couple bears I shot, I was like, Oh yeah, back their sticks, you know, back straps yeah, are sticks. But, I mean, if you've got no, no, no. you to cook them well done, who cares? Right. Exactly. You know? So, so what I started doing with back straps, like lately, what I really like doing is, is one of two things. Um, if I have the fat, Okay. Like in some bears, like you, you, your August bear, you didn't have any fat on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just going to happen. Yeah. Right. If you have some fat, you take that back strap and cube it up and you fry that sucker in the bear Ooh. fat, dude. I've done that at camp. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, but the other thing that I do uh, more often is I take the back straps and I cut them real thin mm-hmm. and I make fajita out of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's super yeah, easy. Yeah. I can see that being great. Yeah. Super easy. And you can do that with some of the hindquarter too. Yeah. There's some, there's some cuts in there. You know, you can make uh, fajitas out of too. We should step back. The reason we're talking about not being able to do back straps um, as steaks is because most people want to eat their steak, you know, rare, mm-hmm. medium, rare, medium. And bears carry trichinosis, which is a parasite that burrows into your muscles and just puts you through a bit of hell for a while. Yeah. That's not something you want. Um, and, you know, I, 
I'll, I'll, I'm going to screw the stat up, but I'll just put it out there anyway. I understand that like any bear at three years old, you have like a 99% chance of them. And again, I'm making these numbers up, but something like that of having trichinosis. So the majority of older age class bears out there are going to have trichinosis. Yeah. And it's not something like, you're not going to be like, see a bear from across the canyon. be like, Oh, look at him. Look at that. That bear has trichinosis. Like, like it doesn't do anything to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're fine. But uh, it'll certainly do something to you. If yeah. You don't pay well, attention in, the, to in the end, you'll be fine too. It's just going to be yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not something you want to feed your kids. You know. No. 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 Uh, uh, which is yeah. So the, which is I mean on that note I think um, it, it's it's a great reason to just uh, you know you, you you cooked a living heck out of bear which is something that's beautiful about that uh-huh. meat you can oh, cook the hell out and of bear meat still and it's still like, tender yeah and juicy yeah oh yeah. man so it's show so to me it shines in slow cooked meals like one of the first meals i ever made mm-hmm. from a black bear was just like just a simple stew yeah. potato carrots you know cubed mm-hmm. up meat oh my gosh it was incredible yeah. you know crock pots are amazing um we do a lot of um we'll take bear roast you know throw it in a crock pot, a hit at my house, which I brought to, uh, what was that thing that we did? Oh, Camel with the Capital. Camel with the Capital. Yeah, you'll be getting another invite to that. Oh, of course I will. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, um, uh, did, uh, green chili, uh, uh-huh. green chili oh, shredded yeah. bear, dude. Like it's awesome in tacos, burritos, mm-hmm. eat it just as a standalone. My, my wife, like we do a lot of, um, like barbecue shredded bears, like pulled pork. Oh yeah. You know, I barbecue a lot shredded of bear and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that, that type it, it of stuff. really shines in those slow cooker yeah. crock pot recipes yep. um you know or you can because you're, you're cooking that meat to you know extremely high temperatures yeah, 200 degrees um, the meats just fall off the bone tender yep. but um but yeah I, I i like i've done green chili with it like you said which is like cubed up meat that was oh fantastic um oh man there was one i was missing that i wanted to mention i don't know it'll come to me later um but yeah, again, it's probably the favorite meat in my family. Haven't had it in a couple of years. So I'm really going to put some effort into the field this year. Yeah, do it. I really want to bring home another bear. Yeah, especially those fall ones, man. They're fat. <laughs> oh, no. Don't don't waste that fat. It is worth bringing home. It's good. It's yeah. fun to render down. You get those little crackling snacks, and, yep. and you have all that delicious fat to cook with. And and it is. I don't. I don't know. This sounds funny, but like when you strain that. It is like so beautiful <laughs> in the mason jar, you know. It is. It's so all golden and yeah. shiny. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, set yeah. it in a window, and oh, yeah, it's yeah. very, very satisfying process. Oh yeah. But a lot of times, though, it's that 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 extra load of ten pounds worth oh, of fat. It's kind of kind of hard to convince yourself to carry it, out. It's heavy, man, and and when it's hot out, it just gets just like it's like super oily and it's like it, it's not easy to handle and oh <laughs> i know like yeah <laughs> yeah you got to get it kind of like partially frozen when you cut it up seeing so yeah. keep it up and as yeah. it starts to get warm it gets soft and greasy yeah, yeah, yeah. and hard to work with but but even cutting it when it's in that like semi-frozen state even cutting it is very satisfying oh it is there's just something about like, it super nice yeah, yeah. it's just special stuff and makes great christmas gifts for your friends and family yeah, there you go. at least the cool ones yeah no one's who's giving somebody bear fat for christmas right no one right you're gonna remember that yeah i agree you know all right so. man what 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 did we leave out here what do we want people to walk away with uh, to make them better better well more well-informed bear hunters um i think if you want to learn how to bear hunt in arizona i think the biggest thing that you need to keep in mind is what we said earlier is enjoy the process and mm-hmm. realize 
that you're probably not going to get one at least your first couple of years. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it truly is, um, something that you need to learn how to do. Like you, you can, like I said earlier, you can luck your way into seeing deer black bears though, man, you have to be intentional and you have to really put the pieces together, which is awesome because it offers this like opportunity to be in the field when you wouldn't be. Yeah. Right. And not, and, and, uh, not to mention like, the reward of finding them is so satisfying. Yeah. There is no like what there is no animal out there that I enjoy watching more than a black bear. Yeah. Because you never know what they're going to do. They might they might like I've seen them maybe they go swimming, maybe they roll around like a dog, maybe they climb a tree, like mm-hmm. like maybe they fight. Like we've seen some, about some knockdown drag out fights, dude, like about with food and stuff. I've been in canyons when bears are fighting. Okay, and they are brutal. They, they like bears knocking knocking bear other bears off of cliffs and stuff like that. They like it's it's wild. It's a wild uh, pursuit, and I think it's super rewarding. So, um, enjoy the process. Put in the work. I talk to a lot of guys that are just starting out that that hit me up like on Instagram. I want to learn how to bear hunt and stuff, and it's like that's the number one thing is you, it, because that if you're satisfied going and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm you will have the, the, the wherewithal to see it through till the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if, if you're just going out and just, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, oh yeah, this guy told me there's bears here, but you're not trying to learn about it. You're never going to, you're never going to find them. Yeah. And I had to remind people that to remind yourself this stuff when you're out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We all go out with hopes and dreams of being successful. Yeah. But sometimes I think maybe we forget to remind ourselves how lucky we are to be out there and experiencing this wild country, pursuing this wild animal. Oh yeah. Um, and the whole process mm-hmm. is from the research on the computer mm-hmm. to the, the brutal pack out to the, to the, you know, cooking that meat up and serving it to your friends and family. Mm-hmm. It's all special. All of it. Um, telling yeah. the stories to your buddies afterwards. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I dig it all. There's not, there's not a part of it that I don't appreciate. And I feel like the bear, the bears, in my opinion, like I, I've, I'm, uh, I realize that like, I'm very fortunate and that I get to spend a lot of time in the field hunting, you know, deer and elk and, and everything like that. But in terms of adventure, there is nothing that compares to bear hunting. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is the most fulfilling type of hunting that I get to do. Um, and, and the situations that I've found myself in bear hunting, like, like just this past, like I can sit here and tell stories for, for hours yeah. ab- about the situations with, in bear hunting. It just doesn't happen in deer hunting and stuff, you know, D- it's rewarding. Yeah. But the bears, it's just like another level, man. Like just, just past in, sp- in the spring, we, we did like 7,000 feet elevation the day that I shot my bear. Mm-hmm had an avalanche come which is something that wasn't in the film okay yeah. because it was so like a surprise Do- literally like next to us had an avalanche come down in the dark oh my gosh okay trying to pack this bear out we're in knee deep snow just slipping every time we go up you take two steps forward and go back three steps yeah you know what i mean that was like shot the bear at 5 30 got back to camp at midnight wow you know what i mean it, it and it, it's just like that right there dude is like one of those things that you look back on and you're like oh gosh that really sucked. Yeah. 
but it was awesome but it was awesome you know i was uh just the other day not not quite this little same level of adventure but it was really cool i was up in lee's ferry um and i was up near Glen canyon dam uh Mm -hmm. with inside of it fly fishing right and i hear this crashing sound i mean because there's been storms coming in and out hear this crashing sound i look around me i don't see anything then i look up and as I look up, I see this whole wall of water come over the top of the canyon. And it was like full of debris and big rocks and logs and stuff. And it just pushed all that stuff over in like one just big initial wall of water. Oh and then gosh. it turned into this waterfall that just kept going the whole time I was there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, wow. it was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Such a beautiful place too, man. Wow. But I guess that's I guess that does it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, right. I mean, I can see here and tell bear stories Yeah, if you want, but, you know. I think both of us, I need to get, go home. <laughs> right. um, good luck this fall, man. Yeah, you too. I'll be rooting for you. Yeah, you better keep in touch with yeah. me yeah. by your October. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. I will, for sure. Count on it. I plan on getting one this year. Oh, yeah. I'm put the effort in. Attaboy. I still got some wood to cut, but I plan <laughs> on getting it all done by bear season. That's my goal. There you go. All right, Josh, thanks for being here again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Right on. Take care, buddy. Well, I hope you're as excited about getting out in the bear woods as I am. Again, if you're new to bear hunting, or maybe maybe just thought about it, or maybe just know about it but never considered it, I would urge you, get out there. You might not be successful, but that's okay, because bears, are they live in some of the most magnificent country in our state, and just getting out there, just pursuing them, that that's enough. You know, that's enough for me. Don't get me wrong. I like to be successful. I want to bring some meat home. But it's that adventure. That adventure is where it's at. And, you know, chasing one of these just simply magnificent animals around our mountains and canyons is is just... Sometimes I'm blown away that I live in a time where so much has changed and people are so disconnected from, you know, their natural ecosystem and, and, you know, the other... The animals they share it with. I'm blown away that I still get to partake in things like bear hunting and I am forever grateful for it and that's that's one of the reasons that I'm involved in conservation and that's one of the reasons you might consider supporting the Arizona Wildlife Federation. I've told you before the Arizona Wildlife Federation is a hundred years old this year and you can be part of the conservation work we do. You can check us out at our website you can learn all about the work we do you can become a supporter And by doing that, you'll receive our quarterly glossy magazine. It's always great. I promise you'll enjoy it. But more importantly, you will be part of this legacy, this legacy of conservation and this important work that we do. And we'd appreciate it. So I would also urge you to look up the Dialed In Hunter. I'll have some links below in the show notes. Josh just does wonderful stuff. His blog is outstanding. You can go all the way back to the beginning. And, and follow Josh along on his journey to become the hunter that he is. And, you know, I'm sure that journey is going to continue. The guy just gets better and better. His videos are outstanding. Um, he doesn't pull punches. He, If he misses a shot, if he has an unsuccessful hunt, you're going to see all of that. You're going to see the successes and the failures. And that's one of the things that I really love about the media that Josh puts out there. So I very much recommend you check that out. Look for it in the show notes. Until next time, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me at podcast at azwildlife.org. I'll take your criticisms, your comments, your show suggestions. I won't just take them. I encourage them and I want them. 
If you just want to chat about hunting, if you want to chat about wildlife or conservation, I'm there for that too. So don't ever hesitate to reach out. Until next time, we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks for listening.